بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله أن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدى هدى نبينا صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار يقول الإمام الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى الكبيرة السابعة أكل الربا The seventh major sin Which is devouring and taking and using and utilizing usury or interest He brings the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يَا أَيُّ الَّذِينَ آمِنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ الرِّبَى إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ فَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ All you who believe, fear Allah and give up that which remains of your desire for riba. If you were truly believers, all you who believe, fear Allah Azawajal and give up that which remains of your desire for riba, for usury, if you were truly believers. And if you refuse to give up your desire, then beware of a war with Allah and His Messenger. Allah and His Messenger have declared war upon you. And Al-Imam Al-Dahabi stopped there as it relates to the ayat, and there's some more of the ayat. Concerning this ayat of the Qur'an, the first ayat, shows that riba is a kabira from the kabair. This ayat was revealed to the Prophet wasallam, and it is speaking to the aghniya, the rich people of the Muslims during that time. Or any and everyone who was owed some money by other people and the money that was owed was a result of riba. Allah told the rich people to give up what remains of your desire for riba if you are truly believers. If you're not truly believers, then go ahead and do what you want to do as we're going to do what we want to do. When a person hears about the danger of a riba and that it is a bab that is khatir and the shar of a riba is mustatir but he continues to look at it as a small issue Allah says in kuntum mu'minin if you are truly believers and the believers have been described in the Quran with a number of sifat too many from them innama al-mu'minuna alladhina idha dhukira Allah wajilat qulubuhum wa idha tuliyat alayhim ayatu zadathum iman wa ala rabbihim yatawakkalun the believers are those people who, when Allah is mentioned, it causes their hearts to become fearful. And when His ayat are rehearsed to them and recited to them, it increases them in iman. And they rely on Allah. They're not afraid of the recompense and the penalty for not obeying what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them to do. Something that Allah ordered them to do, they're not afraid of obeying Allah ta'ala. Instead, they are afraid of disobeying Allah. So when he advises and he commands the believers to give up what remains of their desire for riba, if they're really believers, they would do it. From the characteristics of the believers in the Quran, مَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنًا 
اذا قضى الله ورسوله امرا ان يكون لهم الخيره الخيره من امرهم it is not acceptable is not befitting for a believing man or a believing woman if allah and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam decree an affair for them to have any say so in that issue so when this ayah allah azza wa jalla is ordering those muslims who are old riba leave what remains of your desire to get that money concerning this issue ikhwani there's a very important point that i want to mention here and that is we want to share with you an example of the adil the justice and the fairness of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and how he was a qudwa he was an example he wasn't an individual who used to just give a lot of kalam he was an example the example of him being an example is what happened in the fath of mecca when he conquered mecca and this ayat was read to the people he came out to the people and he said to them a number of things one of the things he said to them sallallahu alaihi wasallam was wa kullu riba al jahiliyati mawdu' tahta qadamayya hatayn wa awr riba ad'uhu riba ammi al abbas he got in front of the people and he said from what he said and all of the riba that is old from the times of a jahiliyah are under my foot rendered null and void not permissible from this point on and the very first riba that i'm going to destroy and make it abrogated and make it that people don't have to pay it the first riba is the riba of my rich powerful uncle al abbas whoever owes abbas money from riba prior to this day you don't have to pay him after that that's the example where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa ala alihi wasallam took one of the closest people to him to do what to establish the hujja the argument the dalil on everyone else he was not like many of the people today they order the people to do good like the yahud atamuruna an-nas bil-birri wa tansawna anfusakum wa antum tatluna al-kitab afala ta'qilun do you yahud order the people to do righteousness and you forget to do it your own selves and you read the book can't you and don't you reflect don't you use your aql rasulullah wasn't like that there are those people who want to tell us the khilafa the khilafa the khilafa But you do not see the khilaf in the way his wife dresses. You do not see the khilaf in his beard. You do not see the khilaf in the isbal. You do not see the khilaf in him not being fair and just in the way he judges between people. Al-jihad, al-jihad, al-jihad. But you do not see him making jihad against his desires, judging that people are kufar based upon his desires you don't agree with me so i say that you are kafir because you don't see jihad in a particular place in the world so he says you're from the munafiqeen you're kafir no why don't you practice the jihad on yourself and judge between the people with al-adl and with the haq so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was an example for us another example that i want to give to you as a dhikr and nasiha to myself and to you when i was in Kithri in my neighborhood there was the peer he was a neighbor of mine over there was the sharif the shah they used to call him he was a neighbor of mine over there was the faqir all of them had powerful positions in the masjid all of them were warning the people of the magic that we were putting on them calling to the quran and the sunnah according to the way the salaf understood the quran and the sunnah 
But whenever you see the wife of the peer, and the daughter of the faqir, and the children of the shah, you will see that they're not ordering their children, and they're not being examples for the congregation. So if we're going to give da'wah to Allah, we have to make an attempt to be examples of that. In the Ghazwa of Al-Badr, in the Battle of Badr, when they were about to engage the enemy in the battle, those kuffar came out, three of them from the chiefs of the kuffar from Quraysh, and they challenged the Muslims. Upon hearing the challenge, the three people from the Ansar, from the Shabab, were quick to go out to meet them. The Quraysh people said, we don't have a problem with you. Send out those who are like us. So the Kufar of Quraysh recognized that the Muslims of Quraysh are better than the Ansar. They recognize that the Muslims of Quraysh are the best of this Ummah. And they have a special position in this Ummah. The Qurayshi is not like the non-Qurayshi. The Qurayshi is not like the non-Qurayshi, especially if he is from Ahlul Bayt. They said, we don't have a problem with you. Send out those people who are similar to us. What did the Prophet do, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Upon hearing that, he himself stood up and he called his uncle Hamza. And along with Hamza, he called the nephew of Hamza, Ali ibn Abi Talib. And Hamza's other nephew, Ubaidullah ibn al-Harith. Ali's father, Abu Talib, as well as Ubaidullah's father, al-Harith, were brothers to Hamza and Abbas. Rasulullah chose these three people, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, waradiyallahu anhum, to go out and to risk their lives before the battle started. As an example, in the Dalil, he was a person who was the qudwa for us, not like today. The person in the position of leadership, if blood can spill and flow and people can lose their property, their lives and their money, they'll take their children and shield their children and put someone else's child or someone else in front of harm's way. This was not the way of the Prophet So he made the riba of his uncle Abbas Mawdu' It is left matruk haram It is below my two feet on this day As for the riba that you took in the past The rest of the ayat that Imam al-Dhahabi didn't bring Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَإِن تُبْتُمْ فَلَكُمْ رَؤُوسُ أَمْوَالِكُمْ لَا تَظْلِمُونَ وَلَا تُظْلَمُونَ And if you people make tawbah for this desire of having riba, you, if you make tawbah, you will get the original monies that you had in jahiliya. You won't be responsible for the riba you took in jahiliya. Al-Islamu yujubu makana qabluhu. Al-Islam wipes away what went before. Anyone made any major sin prior to Al-Islam? Al-Islam wipes it away. So that's the first ayat that Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi brings. The second ayat is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَىٰ لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ And then he stopped there in a qawlihi, وَمَنْ عَادَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أَصْحَابُ Verily those people who devour and they use and utilize usury, they will not stand up yomul qiyamah except like the one who stands up who has been touched by the shaitan. A shaitan made him masru'ah. He's possessed. 
So the one who's possessed when he stands up, there's no rhyme or reason to the way he's walking and the way he's acting. The one who takes ribbon the dunya will be raised up Yomul Qiyamah like that. He's going to be wandering to and fro without any rhyme or reason. And that's one of the punishments of riba. Concerning this ayah, there are three waqafat that we want to make. The first point that we want to bring to your attention concerning this is this ayah establishes something that Muslims have to believe in and that is a person can become possessed. There is possession in the religion of Al-Islam as Allah established it in this ayah. And it's been established in the authentic sunnah of Rasulullah as well, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in so many ahadith, in Sahih Bukhari, in Sahih Muslim, and in other than that, the books of al-hadith. The Prophet was traveling, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he came upon a group of people and the lady brought her child, innocent, defenseless child, and said, Ya Rasulullah, ibni Masru' Ya Rasulullah, my child is possessed. Rasulullah took the child sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while he was on his riding beast and he said to the child, Ukhruj ya aduwullah fa inni Rasulullah. Get out of him, O enemy of Allah. Verily I am the messenger of Allah. And then he gave the child back to the lady and went on his way. He came back from that way. He passed by the lady. The lady was there with two sheep that she slaughtered for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He took one of the sheep and said, you can have the other one and he kept going. Which is a delil that the one who reads for the person to take the jinn out of him, to take the shaitan off of him, he can take money for that. Also, Ikhwan, I want to bring to your attention as it relates to possession, being possessed, because some people reject it and they don't believe it. They say that it's khurafat. It's established from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. They say that magic is not real. Established from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. As it relates to being possessed, it is not authentic for the one who's going to read to take the jinn out of, an, out of the masra. Where do the people get off slapping the man in the face, slapping him in his chest, beating him up, telling him, take out, get out jinn, get out jinn. You will not find that from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. He read the Qur'an over people, he said things, but never did he beat the person up in trying to get to the jinn. This is from the deviation of the people today. There is a hikayah that Al-Imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Ahmed, it is said, was teaching his class, someone came and said, Ya Imam, someone from my family, my relatives is possessed, can you help? Al-Imam Ahmed took off his shoe, told his student, take the shoe and go tell the jinn that Ahmed told you to get out and if you don't get out, we're going to beat you. The student went, said to the man or the jinn, get out. This is Al-Imam Ahmed's shoe, going to hit you if you don't get out. The jinn got out of that particular individual. Time went on, Al-Imam Ahmed died. The one who took Al-Imam Ahmed's place was approached by someone else. Same incident. Someone from my family has been possessed. Can you help me? Yeah. Tell him to take this shoe and do this and this and this. I saw Ahmed do that. The man went, told the jinn, get out, I'm going to hit you with the shoe. The jinn remained and the jinn started talking with the lisan of that person, which is possible. The jinn started talking with the lisan of that person, which is possible, and said, I'm not going to come out because Ahmed used to obey Allah, so we obeyed him. You people don't obey Allah, so we're not going to obey you. 
This narration is a hikayah, khurafat, never happened. No chain of uh, no authentic chain of narration. Not permissible to hit the person who has the jinn in him. You're hurting the person, and who knows, Ikhwan? Maybe that human being who is possessed, there's something to the jinn. There's something to the jinn's children. Kill the jinn's children who were believers, and now the jinn is getting them back. That's possible. So it's not permissible to hit people. We only read the Quran and we follow the Sunnah. The second thing as it relates to this ayah, and this is critical, ikhwani, important, is that this second ayah that Imam al-Dhahabi uses and he brings to support and to prove that a riba is a kabira from the kada'ir, it shows us an important principle that we have to hold on to in Al-Islam when we judge other people. Our ummah is the ummah that's in the middle and we are shuhada on the people so we have to judge. We have to say so-and-so is a deviant. We have to say that group right there is dangerous. And in saying that, that doesn't mean that you're a spy. That doesn't mean that you don't know al-wala wal-bara. Of course, there's hikmah and issues like that that have to be taken care of. But the Muslims are shuhada of Allah in this earth. But when we bear witness, we have to do so with justice, not based upon our desires. In this ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Muslims, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الْرِبَى لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا الْبَيْعُ مِثْلُ الْرِبَى وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعُ وَحَرَّمَ الْرِبَى فَمَنْ جَاءَهُ مَوْعِذَةُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ فَانْتَهَى فَلَهُ أَجْرُهُ وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهُ Whoever the mu'idah of Allah comes to him. Riba is haram. And those kufar say, Verily, trade is like riba. Buying and selling commerce is like riba. You want to buy this? I tell you, $15, 15 pounds, you give it to me. I give it back to you. Riba is the same way. I give it to you for 15 pounds, but you have to pay me 5 pounds extra because you can't pay all of the money up front. That's what the kufar said. Allah said, anyone who the proof comes to him from his Lord after that and he stops, then his reward is with Allah. His reward is with Allah. فَلَهُ مَا وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ He will get his reward from the past and his affairs from Allah. So this goes to show and it goes to prove. If a person doesn't know that riba is haram, and then the proof comes to him, and he realizes it is haram and he stops, now the argument has been established upon him. So the principle is, we do not judge people until the hujjah or the dalil has been established on those individuals. Someone doesn't judge by what Allah reveals, like the hukam. It's wrong and it's kufr. Or it can be dhul. Or it can be fisk. But we have some brothers who insist, when they don't judge by what Allah revealed, they're kufar, just like that. But turn around, that same person who's passing that ruling on the hukam, you'll find him purchasing a home with riba. You'll find him driving a car with insurance that has riba. So do we say to him, you're in the hellfire forever? 
No, we have to say what are the conditions that are going on in his particular his life so that we can say he's excused, he's not excused. People want us to work with them like that, but they don't want to work with the other people like that, with fairness and justice. So we want to remind you, Ikhwani, this is one of the many ayat of the Qur'an they show. Before we can judge on people, the argument has to be established, the dalil has to be established. وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذِّبِينَ حَتَّى نَبْعَثَ الرَّسُولًا We will not punish a people until we send to them a messenger. Establish upon them the hujjah. وَمَنْ يُشَاقِكَ الرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى Whoever goes against and he opposes the messenger and he follows other than the way of the believers after the guidance comes to him. So we have to establish the hujjah. The last thing as it relates to this particular ayah is that Allah mentions the statement of the kuffar in this ayah. Those kuffar say, commerce is just like riba. Believe it or not, we have Muslims today who say the same thing. They call riba by other than its name, they say that it is a profit or benefit. And they say, why is riba haram when it is just like commerce? The person can't pay me up front, so why should I not penalize him for such an issue? This is the statement of the kuffar, and it's not acceptable for the Muslim to fall into such an issue, especially after you see what's going to come of the ahadith describing the seriousness of a riba. Concerning the two ayats, it is clear riba is a kabira from the kabair. The first ayah said, whoever takes the riba and doesn't give up his desire for it, then let him beware of a war with Allah and His Messenger. Allah will not go to war on His Messenger وسلم, with anyone except that they're doing a kabira from the kabair. Also, the second ayah, the one who eats the riba will be raised up yawmul qiyamah like the one who has been touched by shaitan and he's possessed. A kabira from the kabair. As it relates to the ahadith, Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi brought only a few hadith and this bab is pretty short. The first hadith is a hadith that has already passed us in the first chapter of his shirk. The hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, that's in Bukhari and Muslim, that shows the severity of a riba. Ijtanibu as-sabal mubiqat, al-shirku billahi, wa-sihr, wa qatr al-nafs al-lati harram Allah, وَأَكْلُ الرِّبَا وَأَكْلُ مَالَ الْيَتِينَ وَالتَّوَلِّ يَوْمَ الزَّحْفِ وَقَذْفُ الْمُحْسِنَاتِ الْغَافِلَاتِ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Beware of the seven major sins that will destroy you. And he mentioned from them al-riba as number four. Beware and be careful and avoid the seven major sins that will destroy you. Al-riba, ikhwani, is from the major sins for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is that the person who takes the riba and the people who take the riba and the financial institutions that are built upon the riba, they are in fact blood suckers. They are blood suckers. They suck the blood of the people and they oppress people. Those people in our society who sell narcotics, they're criminals. But the biggest criminals are the financial institutions and the people who built them and who are behind them. 
They are blood suckers. And for that reason, one of the things that happened when Rasulullah traveled sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Mecca to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to the seventh heaven, is that when he was traveling from Mecca to Jerusalem, he saw a man in a lake, in the middle of the lake. And the lake was not a lake of fresh water, but it was a lake of blood. He was surrounded in blood. Every time the man wanted to come out of the water to go to the shore, another man would take a big rock and throw it at him and hit him in his mouth and it would send him back into the water. And he continued to do that over and over and over again. Rasulullah asked Jibreel sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who was that? He said, that man is Akr riba That's a man who used to take the riba. He was a man who put on the people those conditions of riba. The scholars of Al-Islam said, because he was in the blood, that is an ayat and an indication that the people who take riba are blood suckers. Riba is also a major crime and sin because it's taking the people's money without the haq. You want to get insurance and you pay the people for house insurance, car insurance, and nothing ever happens. A year goes by and you're paying 100 pounds every month, 600 pounds at the end of the year. By which hawk did they get the money? By which hawk did they get the money? They took the people's money without it being halal. And we've been prohibited from that. As we mentioned when we gave the class about the dururiyatul khams, the five major things that Islam came to protect. One of them is the monies of the people. Muslims and non-Muslims, haram to take a man's money. Ya ayyulladheena amanu, la ta'kulu amwalakum baynakum bilbatil, illa an takuna illa an takuna tijaratan an taradin minkum. Oh you believe, do not take each other's money with the way that it's bothered, with the way that it's not permissible. You can't steal his money. You can't take the riba. You can't sell him a faulty product. The only way you can take his money is from a tijara, if you're in business, or if the man gladly gives you the money as a gift, a hiba. He gives it to you because he wants to give it to you. But you stealing his money is not permissible. For that reason, Ikhwani, when we look at the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what the Kufar used to do in Mecca, we will find he made a lot of business transactions are haram. For an example, al-muzanaba. Al-muzanaba was a practice that the Kufar used to have in which a man he would sell the unknown ripe dates that are still on the tree. He would sell an unknown amount for some dry dates for a specific amount. You give me five kilos and you can have those dates on the tree. Rasulullah made that haram. He doesn't know what's going to be the end result of those dates. And those dates are not equal to those dates. There is another practice that he made haram called al-muhaqila. Al-muhaqila is the individual who comes and he says, here is some grain still in the husk. And I have some processed grain that I took off of the husk. I'll sell you this processed grain, but you give me this grain that is still in the husk. He made that haram. You don't know what's going to happen to that. The one who has grapes and raisins. The Arabs used to do that as well. 
I give you these raisins to give me those dates that are still on the tree. He made it haram, not permissible. Bilal radiallahu anhu, he purchased some dates called Barni, Barni, not Barney like Fred Flintstone's companion. Barni, Barni dates. They're from the best dates of the Arabs. The succulent dates. Bilal is miskeen, faqir, doesn't have any money. He brought the dates to Rasulullah sallallahu Rasulullah said, where did you get those dates? Kind of strange situation. Did you get them a sadaqah? Where you get those dates, Ya Bilal? Bilal said, Ya Rasulullah, I had some dates that were bad. So I took my bad dates and I sold two sa'a. A sa'a, one sa'a is when you take a handful of dates and you make four of those. That's one sa'a. If you take a handful and you make four, that's one sa'a. He took two sa'a of bad dates, gave it to a man and took from that man one sa'a of the burni dates. Rasulullah says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah, Allah, la taf'al fa'innu riba. Oh, Iyaka, beware, beware. Don't do that because that is riba. He told Bilal, if you want to purchase those good dates, then take your bad dates, go to sell them, get the money, and then purchase with the money whatever you can from the good dates. So he sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't allow these types of transactions because they are taking people's monies without what is baha, without what is permissible. He says sallallahu alayhi wasallam showing the hikmah, the illa behind this. Araita Ida mana Allahu Thamara Bimaya Hudu Ahadokumala Ahihi. What if Allah destroys and He doesn't allow and He prevents the fruit from coming to fruitation? He doesn't allow that particular date palm tree to render its produce. What if a hurricane comes? What if something happens? It comes down and it's bad. In it are worms, beetles. And now you already took the man's money. He said, with what right does one of you take his brother's money if Allah destroyed that particular protos? So he made it not permissible. Those are from the reasons why Arriba is a kabira from the kabair. It is vul. It is vulm, it's not adal. You're taking the people's money without that which is halal. Concerning the hadith, there are only really one hadith that Imam al-Dahabi brought after the first hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. He brought the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَعَنَّ riba wa mukila. Allah has cursed the one who eats the riba, he takes it. Also the one who gave it to him. That's the Sahih Muslim. And then Imam al-Tirmidhi added on to this narration, some other people, وَالشَّاهِدَيْهِ And the two people who witnessed it. And the two people who witnessed it. وَكَاتِبَ And the one who wrote the contract for the riba. In another hadith, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, هُمْ فِي الْإِثْمِ سَوَى All of them are equal in the crime. All of them are equal in the sin. They're equal, all of them. The one who took it, the one who gave it, the two who witnessed it, the one who wrote the contract, the one who worked behind the tailor, all of them. The tailor worked behind the counter. They're all equal in the sin. So it is not permissible. I have a business in which I sell cars, no financing. 
Just straight up, I sell you the car. Someone comes and he says, can you direct me to someone who can finance the car? I don't want to give you finance, but I say, yeah, go over there. He'll do the financing. You're equal in that with the one who gives him the finance. Riba is haram. To be an insurance man is sinning. To work in the bank is sinning. All of that is haram to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is a part of not cooperating on an ithm wal udwan. To work in the bank is haram. To be an insurance salesman is haram. Why? Because it is built on and predicated upon a kabira from the kabair and you are a blood sucker and you are helping to oppress the people and that is not permissible in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last hadith that Imam al-Dahabi brings ikhwani kasun al-riba he says, atur riba wa mukiluhu wa katibuhu idha alimu dhalika idha alimu dhalika mal'unu ala lisani Muhammad yawm al-qiyamah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who takes the riba, the one who gives the riba, the one who writes it, if they know another delil that shows you have to have knowledge of a thing before you're held accountable. Before we judge people as being criminals, kafirs, munafiqeen, the argument, the delil has to be established upon him. He said about this point concerning riba, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Dirham al-riba ya'kuluhu al-raju wa huwa ya'lam ashaddu indallahi min sitin wa thalathin zunyatan One dirham, one dirham that a man takes from riba and he benefits from that one dirham and he knows, if he doesn't know, he's not responsible. Money comes to him from riba and he doesn't know. But if he knows that this one dirham is from riba and he takes it, Rasulullah said, it is more severe in Allah's sight than that man making zina with 63 different people. That hadith is authentic. So when the Muslim hears that, and he hears the well-known hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna abwaab riba ithnan wa sab'una baba adnaha kalladhi yati ummuhu fil islam. The riba is 72 different branches, 72 different types of riba. The lowest type of riba is like the man having relations with his wife as a Muslim, not as a Kafir. In Islam, he has relations with his mother. Who in his right mind, knowing those examples, taking one dirham of riba is like having 63 partners of zina. The lowest branch of riba is like having relationships with one's mother. Sakabira from the kabair. No one's going to fall into it knowingly unless, unless he's being compelled. As for the one who's doing it and he's desiring it, then this is clearly ikhwani zulm on the person's self. Concerning riba, I want to make these two or three points. The lowest type of riba is like a man having relationships with his mother in Al-Islam. And he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَإِنَّ أَرْبَ الْرِبَى إِسْتِتَالَةُ الْمَرْءُ فِي عِرْدِ أَخِيهِ And the highest form of riba is for a person to talk unjustly about the honor of his brother. The riba that we fall into is the highest type of riba. 
So the man is trying his best to stay away from riba, from the bank, from the insurance, from the home. But he is a muhtab. He's always making riba. So he's missing the point. On one hand, he's doing something good. But on the other hand, he's making the worst type of riba, which is istitalatul mar fi ird akhihi. The person talking about the honor of his brother unjustly. As for the one who deserves to be warned against, as for the one who deserves to be exposed, فَهَدِّفْ وَلَا haraj. Do what you have to do concerning that. But what the vast majority of Muslims preoccupy themselves with about qila وَقَالْ and fulan and fulan, this is the worst type of riba. Also concerning the issue of riba, and it being a kabira from the kabair that need to be avoided in the religion of al-Islam is the fact that that living here, many of us are forced and compelled to fall into riba. There's nothing we can do about it. The dust of riba is going to almost touch everyone here no matter what. In those kinds of situations, we hate it in our hearts, we make toba for it, but Allah doesn't make people responsible for what is beyond their scope and their ability, what they're compelled to do. And we said it before and we'll say it again. I advise anyone from amongst you to get car insurance because it is a bigger fitna to get into an accident and not to have car insurance. But when you get the haram car insurance, you should know it's haram. And make toba that it's haram. And you should get the least amount. Don't go overboard and get in the insurance. I have a son, he's a teenager, 18, 19, just learning how to drive. I'll insure him. I'll insure my wife. I'll insure myself. We'll get the lowest, least amount of insurance. As for the one who goes overboard, he has to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people eat the monies of people without that which is halal. Those car companies, they don't make their money, the renter car companies. They don't make their money from you renting a car. They make their money from hundreds of people in the month's time, renting a car, paying insurance, and nothing happening. And then when you get into an accident and you have the insurance, they give you a hard time and try to get you to pay. Those are the unjust financial institutions that these people have. So concerning the riba ikhwani, we have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next chapter is another short chapter. We want to deal with this chapter because next week, inshallah, we want the next chapter to be by itself, the third chapter. And from what I understood, today's chapter in the English translation was being good to the relatives, being good to the relatives. The next chapter that Al-Imam Al-Dahabi mentions is Aklu Mal Al-Yateen. Eating the monies of the orphan, the one who is an orphan. Um, this bank on College Road, this Islamic Circle Islam Bank, what's that about and is it permissible or not? Concerning the Islamic banks, wherever they are, wherever they are, the majority of the Islamic banks deal in riba. And it's almost impossible for them not to deal in riba. But we support the Islamic banks because we want good from them. We want to support them. It's like Islamic schools. It's like Islamic schools. Yes, they are below the level of the kuffar schools that we want to send our children to in order for our child to compete. But it's a vicious cycle. If we don't get Muslim teachers to make a sacrifice to work at a lower wage, 
And if we don't get Muslim members of the community to make the sacrifice and send our children there anyway and do what you can do to raise the level of the school, then it's going to remain below par. So the Islamic bank, for some reason, we have a hatred towards them more than the, Muslim, than the Kufar banks. Yes, most of that is riba. One of the types of riba is al-ina. And as Rasulullah said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, riba is 72 babs. There are many, many different types of riba. Many types of riba. Riba al-fadr, riba al-nasi'ah. So many types of riba. One of the ribas that the Islamic banks work on and with is al-ina. What the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِذَا أَخَذْتُمْ إِذَا تَبَعَعْتُمْ بِالْعِينَ وَأَخَذْتُمْ أَذْنَابَ الْبَقَرِ وَرَدِيتُمْ بِالزَّرَعِ وَتَرَقْتُمْ الْجِهَادِ صَلَّةَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ If you people take this ina, this type of usury, and you grab and take the tails of the cows and preoccupy yourselves with your animals and your agriculture, and you leave off jihad, Allah will make you love. And he won't take that lowliness off of you until you return to your deen. Making jihad, not being abnab the dunya. Al-ina is the deferred payment. And it has many examples. He wants to buy something from him. So he agrees that he's going to pay 10 pounds a month. So he purchased from him the product. And he pays 10 pounds every month. That guy comes back. And he purchases what he sold to him. He purchases it for 100 pounds. He was going to spend 120 pounds. He purchases it from him, 100 pounds. He gives it back to him and he's still responsible for paying every month the payment until he gives him 20 more extra pounds. That's al-ina. And al-ina can be with two people or it can be with three people. Deferred payment, like the bank. Someone needs something, me and him, and we go through the bank and they play games and try to hide it as a riba. So we support the Islamic banks, but it's going to require a level of sacrifice for us and a level of sacrifice for them. But don't be in doubt, they deal in riba. They deal in riba. They can't get away from it. What's the difference between the Islamic bank and the non-Islamic bank? The difference is, is just in the Islam and non-Islam. TCB, Loiza, NatWest, and maybe when you go to the Islamic bank, they say Salaamu Alaikum and things like that. There's a brother right here in our community, Somalian brother, I met him at the bank. I went in there, we gave salams, I didn't know him, he didn't know me. When I wanted to open up an account in the bank, I said, let me go to the Islamic bank. I brought my passport, brought my information. They told me, well, you can't open up the account until you bring us the bill. I said, here's the bill for the telephone. It's going to be installed soon, inshallah. They said, no, we need three bills, not the first bill. I said, what's the difference between you and those other people? I'm not here to give you problems. The guy convinced me, no, this is the system. We'll get in trouble, this and that. Okay, I brought him the bill. So the kalam that I heard from them both times was the kalam, the same kalam of those other people. As a matter of fact, it was a little less with the other people, so I opened up the account, my account with the other people. You do what works for you. Maybe that bank is next to where you work, next to where you live, so you do it. But we all have to do some sacrificing, and we all have to realize that the Islamic bank is not perfect, but no one told you you have to lose your money or make a hardship on yourself that you can't handle.
the second one is uh, about the student loan. I, I, I lend the money from uh, an institution uh, about for for my financial institution, and um, and after that I, I've seen that they put some charge on it, like you know, like the riba, and I don't want it, but I want it to pay back. But it's going more and more. Concerning the student loans that have riba on them, you can't get away from it. What we're we going to tell the student, don't go to college, don't go to the university because you're poor and you can't afford it, so just get a job as the bank collector, not that the bank collector is a bad job, but he has the ability to become an eye surgeon, she has the ability to become a gynecologist, what are we going to tell him? No, no, don't go because you are going to have to take riba. Of course we're not going to say something like that. If you take that loan out, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make a way for you to pay the loan. If whoever fears Allah, Allah make a way out for him. And you are responsible, ikhwani, for the loans that we get from those kufar. We are responsible. Two questions. One, uh, is it possible to use credit with any card? And secondly, if you um, have a business which allows you to swap the card, Credit and debit cards are haram. They're backed by the concept and they play into the concept of riba. Especially the credit card. To get a credit card is haram. Even if you get a secured credit card. I put up 200 pounds and I can spend up to 200 pounds. It's my own money. But you have agreed that if you don't pay whatever you purchase, before the month is out that you're going to pay the riba. And it's not permissible for you to agree on the condition that's haram. كُلُّ شَرْطٍ لَيْسَ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ بَاطِلٌ وَإِنْ كَانَ مِئَةَ شَرْطٍ Every condition that's not in the book of Allah is batil. Even if it is 100 conditions. So when you agree to that condition, if I don't pay on time, you're going to charge me 2.5% financing. Haram. But again, we're living here. You may be forced, you may be compelled. You may be forced, you may be compelled. In America, when you travel, if you live in the state of New York, you can take your debit card and rent a car. You can rent a car, rent a car. But if you travel anywhere else in the other states, you cannot rent a car with your debit card. They want to see a credit card. No matter what kind of credit card it is, gold, platinum, whatever it is, they want a credit card. So my business is driving, I travel and I drive. So I'm compelled and I'm forced. I'm compelled and I'm forced. What is clearly away from Islam is the one who has a credit card and he strangles himself by abusing the credit card, buying what he doesn't need, buying and spending and getting things that are beyond his means. That's not permissible. As for the one who is compelled, he hates it and he sees that he's much bored. And we gave that dars before. We gave that dars before. Al-Mahdurat. Whenever you have to fall into something that's haram, you do enough of it just to save yourself. And we gave some other principles that were vital to know. What was the second question, Akhi? Uh, Concerning the businesses that the people have, person has an Islamic bookstore that has books about riba is haram. Kitab al-Kaba'ir. But in the bookstore, there's the card to swipe. Is it haram to have that card? 
that machine, that machine is helping to do the haram. But that is the culture of business here that you can't get away from. It is the culture of the business here that you can't get away from. So the person again, he hates it and he makes toba from it and he seeks a way to get around it. But there are just certain issues because this is the lifestyle where we're living wherever you go. You're not going to escape these issues. Medina and Mecca, you're not going to escape these issues. The bookstores of Medina and Mecca, the bookstores that sell Islamic books, they have that machine where you swipe your credit card in it. Will you swipe your other card in? Does that make it halal? No, it doesn't make it halal what people do in Mecca and Medina. The point is, that's the culture of the dunya today. That the ma'roof has become munkar, and the munkar has become ma'roof, and the Muslims are below, and the ways of the kuffar are above. And we agree with the jihadi people. And we agree with Hizbu Tahrir. And we agree with the Ikhwan and Muslimin about the importance of controlling and ruling and the Khilafah and defending the deen. But not the way those people go about it. Not the way they believe. We believe in it, inshallah. We have to believe in it in a way that is Islamic. Not the way some of these crazy people who say things like what's going on in Palestine, they deserve it because they make shirk. What's going on in Afghanistan? They deserve it because they make shirk. What's going on in Iraq? They deserve it because they were Shia. What is that? What is that kalam? What is that kalam? What kind of what kind of nonsense is that type of statement? If someone mentions something about jihad, we become and we say, "Oh, he's a jihadi." No, we say jihad is from the deen, and jihad is something that we all should concern ourselves with. And we shouldn't be afraid of the kuffar that we say jihad is from our deen. But what jihad? The jihad of Al-Islam, the real jihad. The jihad that I make against myself, my lower base desires, and also the jihad of the lisan, and also the jihad of the hadith. All of that is with our religion, but with knowledge with the sharia of, of, of our deen. Not what the people are calling jihad, a zarqawi, if there really is a zarqawi, a zarqawi. Wallahi, I doubt there's really a man, his name is Abu Musab a zarqawi. I doubt it. I doubt if he really lives. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in.